um, welcome back to what is it again, Martin? Rather the most unlistenable shit ever devised. <laughs> I'm literally eating jerky as we speak. Uh, jerky that Martin has acquired. Um, on the discount. On the discount. The five finger discount. No, no one said that. <laughs> Don't oh. ask me. Man, I've, I've missed you. Like, all week I've been... Think, like, for the last week I've been thinking, man, I can't wait to see Martin. And it's like, yeah. And it's that like... makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to go for the joke. <laughs> you do. <laughs> so, Sunday Slouches was good. Yeah, man. There's like 10 people there. Yeah. Which is we- a lot considering it's a new open mic. Yeah. Or 10... Like, 10 audience members yeah not just comics yeah because there's 10 comics on the lineup yeah there's 20 people there yeah which is like that's basically an audience yeah yeah dude that's a full-blown audience yeah but like it goes to show you how grateful like the bottom the bottom of the food chain for comedy is um in regards to like an audience because yeah as i was saying to you a second ago it was a drag friend of mine and they were telling me about this other burlesque drag performer who was like putting on a show and they didn't sell enough tickets for it. And it was like a similar amount of seats to like, to us. Now, like mm. we've only sold like 10 or 15 tickets. It's like yeah, not really enough to get the audience. show. And it's like, we're, we're really disappointed in our fans, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just thinking like, yeah, it's like comedians would rock up and it's like, we've got 15 people in the audience, guys. How good is that? Yeah, dude. 15, if you can kill in front of 15, that material is going to fucking destroy in a room. Of 200, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's like it, we're... we're it, it's really great running that room, that open mic with uh, David and Robbie, and I'm looking forward to expanding it a little bit further. And um, I'm picking up some more stuff for it this week. So it's, it's so great watching the audience members whenever Robbie or Dave is on stage. <laughs> like that's more entertaining. Like their sets are entertaining, but it's more entertaining watching the audience. Yeah, I, I see that because yeah. Dave, David Morgan Brown has a bit. I don't know if I want to give it away. It's pretty gross. But anyway, he just talks about how like he's gotten into pegging and then someone in the audience is like, oh my God. And he's like, yeah, I popped my anal cherry. By that, I mean my hemorrhoids. My hemorrhoids, yeah. And the audience is like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I've been violated. That is a a harsh one. But fuck, I love David. I love Robbie too. Yeah, but fuck. Yeah, but fuck. Yeah, indeed. So, um, I feel like we've had a string of uh, good shows lately. Um, Yeah. I feel like I've done well at the Port City, done well at the last two gongs, did well at the first Sunday slouches taking this week off just to deal with some work things and some functions and then we're back into it next week. I feel like I'm, I don't know, I feel like I'm on a lucky streak with stand-up and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. Any feedback from any of my previous sets? No. No. <laughs> Go on, give me your honest review. Is, like, is there anything you think I could genuinely improve on? Other than the speed at which i deliver because i know that's that's something i'm very self-conscious like how fast i can be on stage like i'm i'm trying to get better at taking more time with a joke well i I think all the premises are like original and interesting 
all my premises. Yeah, yeah. Because a, a lot of my premises are pretty hacked. Yeah, but you deliver them so beautifully. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I, I was thinking of this joke recently, which is where it was like, don't you fucking get annoyed when... Uh, how annoyed are you when you when someone texts you when you're driving and they know you're driving? It's like, motherfucker, you know I'm driving. Now I've got to... Put, I've got to grab the bottle cap, put it back on the bottle of vodka. Put away my cocaine. Put away, my, yeah, dub out my joint and pick up the phone while driving to look at your text message. It's like, guys, what kind of safety policy are you trying to, you know, do here, you know? I think that's good. That's a good mystery. Thank you. Thank you. And, and then the, you, And you do all of that while you're merging on the Quinana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No yeah. wonder everyone fucking sucks at merging. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other joke I've had was it was like, have you noticed that old people ask like really ambiguous questions? You know? How big is your cock, son? More like, <laughs> I mean, more like, uh, it's like, what's the name? Um, what's the name of that really tall basketball player? Like, which, oh, yeah. which one? You know, you know, the black one, you know? Oh, that narrows it down yeah. to the whole league. Yeah. And it's like, what's the name of that Oscar winning actor? You know, what's... What, Leonardo what? DiCaprio. Yeah. There's a few more, but yeah. If you yeah, know... That, I've got a... That's the start of the joke. I won't ruin it for the rest of it, but I reckon I've got like a pretty good original premise for it. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been getting back into writing because I've had like... I've been writing down loads of premises, which I've been happy with, but I haven't fleshed anything out on paper. Well, the premise is the whole... Once you got the premise, you're cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, like I'm... You can, you can write, like, an infinite amount of jokes about random shit, but as soon as you have a premise... Yeah. Then you can keep building on it. Exactly. So, I, I've been very, very happy with some of the ideas I've been having for writing. So, yeah. There's, there's one premise that's been really working at Sunday Slouches. Oh. Oh, it's an alarm. For fuck's sake. Hey, ding, ding, ding. Let's see who this is. Hello? Hello. It's just me and you. That Alex is on the phone. I'm eating jerky. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I can soon. Can I send him about an hour? I'm just out of the house at the moment. He's out of the house <laughs> at the moment. In the house. Recording yeah. the pod. Yep, no dramas, mate. Thank you. Mm. Jerky. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. That was the uh, handyman trying to fix our dryer. My dryer fell off the wall. Um, the oh. bracket completely snapped. Um, you know what was funny? I was here when they replaced the last bracket. And it was you that replaced it. No, it was not. Oh. It was a woman. What's funny about that? Yeah, uh, what is funny about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. No. I, I have no clue. I'm not gonna. I'm not insinuating anything. Are you insinuating anything? No. No. Okay. All right. Sweet. Um, what else? They're not. They're not as good at driving a screw in. Mm, maybe. Anyway, you're All saying types of driving. A premise anyway. that's been working at the Sunday slouches. Continue. Yeah. Uh, the one where I'm like, oh guys, tell me what you think about this. Um, I reckon Asians should commit more crimes. Yes. Yes, you did that at the Gong Show and it crushed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, 
But even like fleshing it out more and just like, it just keeps organically growing. Nice. Yeah, it's just, a, it's a fun premise. Very nice. Very nice. I'm very happy to hear that for you. Yeah, because yeah. it's like when the police officer asks you, like you've been robbed by an Asian dude and the police officer's like, man, can you describe the suspect? And then it's weird because you've been robbed, but you feel guilty. Yeah. You know, it's like the whole, I don't know. It's such an interesting. I love it. It's, it's, it's genius is what it is. It's, it's comedy interesting. Genius. It's sort of racist, but is it? Yeah. Is it really? Who knows? Yeah. You didn't hear that. Can I get you some headphones? Do you want to join, join us in headphone land? No. No? Okay, that's fine. I'm free. The audience will get it. <laughs> He's free from... I'm going to make you get on this soundboard someday. But I won't be wearing the headphones. You have to wear the... the <laughs> you have to wear the headphones if you're going to do the levels. Um, I have been... The, the. I mean, I've got lots of premises and ideas I want to perform on stage that I haven't premiered yet. A lot that I'm happy with. Um... Uh, there are a few that I think there's one premise that I know it's a funny idea, but I'm having particularly a hard time fleshing it out in my head. And that's, Mm. um, that's the idea of like what a children who has siblings versus a lonely child is like in terms of information, because like, did your parents ever tell you you're eating like a pig? Like, like have some manners. It's like at the dinner table. No, I think that was the problem. That's why I got so fat. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to reverse this. So, yeah, it's I I grew up in with like fucking five siblings, as you know, and but like we were always always getting told off for being messy at the dinner table, yada yada yada. But like if that happened to a lonely child, they'd be like, "Oh my god, I eat disgusting. I'm I'm disgusting. I'm going to be anorexic for the rest of my life." Whereas a child with siblings would just be like, and it's like, you said the first one to finish could get seconds and fucking James is getting there quicker than I am, you know? Yeah, so you got to, it's an out, well, when it's a competition, rules go out the window. Exactly. Right. Mm. So, yeah. Well, now it's more than a competition. It's like a fight for survival. Your survival. In a sense. Thing. Yeah. In a, in a, in a deep, in another sense. Yeah. So, do you think that is like an idea that might work on stage? Yeah, totally. It's like your caveman instincts are coming out. <laughs> yeah. So, you've been liking my premises. I've been liking yours. Is yeah. there... I, I'm, I'm very keen to get your feedback. So, because, you know, I consider you a maestro of comedy. I'm not. You are. Um, but, yeah. I get spots. I'm just Asian enough. You're just Asian enough. If I was just a white boy, I'd be fucked. That's not true. Well, I'm straight. Well, that's yet or to be decided. I? Yeah, <laughs> come on, mate. Keep the keep keep Kiara Climax's uh, hopes up. I'm by. Yeah, Kiara Climax still has like still thirsting after you hard. Um, shout out! <laughs> They're not going to listen to this episode. At least I hope they don't. Um, oh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, what was it? So, yeah, it's like I feel like the the Australian, Scottish and Irish drinking joke's been yeah, working well. Great. And then the Irish accents joke has been working pretty well. Yeah, even when you were doing it, Wolfie was talking to me and saying these accents are good. Thank you. Thank you. I've always been good at impersonations, but I've just like si- since I was a kid, like I've been doing voices. But like, I don't know, for the longest, I, I, I wanted to incorporate them on stage for ages but i didn't I, I wanted to figure out the best way to do it you know 
Mm. It's like I didn't want it to. It had to it, like it had to be done right, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I was very happy with what I landed on. I feel like yeah, and I think it's given me the confidence to try some out some other voices and some other characters on stage. So yeah, I think the only character I've done on stage is a pedophile Dumbledore. No, that's not true. You did... Um, uh, oh, then there's like... Uh, you did the Chinese philosopher. What was it? Confucius. Confucius, that's true. Confucius, yeah, yeah. Confucius if he was a pimp or something? No, that could be an idea. Yeah, but... Confucius if he was a pimp. It's like... Um, it's like uh, what was it? Oh, make it a rain. Make it a rain. Never let a bitch talk back. You know? You work at the backhand. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. But no, the, I think the premise is uh, if like mo- a modern day Confucius. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, one that gives advice that for the modern day. Instead of like, you know, oh, if it rains, mm. fire, your village might burn down or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it rains, fire, your village That's probably might burn. still applicable now. <laughs> especially in the Ukraine. That's... Uh, but anyway, but more like modern day shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's not gay if it's a three-way. It's not gay if it's a three-way. Yeah, yeah. I love that character. Even if it's three men. The gay dumb the the pedophile Dumbledore character is great also. Oh, it's not- I'm not saying gay Dumbledore. That's just Dumbledore. But Dumbledore. it's it's not um short enough to work at Gong. No, it's not. It's 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 unfortunate too. But no, we've I feel like we've had like a really good streak at Gong like yeah, it's like yeah. I don't know, like Oh thank you got me uh you got me back on the lineup last week, so and oh. I ended up coming third. Yeah, I wasn't gonna let you not get on. Yeah, so to explain there was confusion with the lineup. So uh because well, they added and removed people. Yeah. And I yeah. think they like wrote a bit over my name and they couldn't read it or something. Yeah. So. so they wrote a bit over Martin's name and like Martin was waiting there ready to go and Martin Martin is a great comedian, uh, but he has, mm, I want to say, little social skills, few social skills. Yeah. And he was like, I was like, why don't you go talk to Sarah about it? And he was like, no, I don't want to do that. And I was like, well, fine, I'll go talk to her. He's like, no, don't. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'll go talk to her. And so I, I went and talked to her on your behalf and got you back on. It's weird, yeah, because I can get on stage, but I have so much social anxiety yeah, you, you'll perform to a room of literally 150, 200 people. Yeah, but people. I don't make eye contact with any of them. That's, yeah, that's true, actually. That's I just kind of look around and yeah. look at like their neck or their ear or. Do you find, and I want your feedback on this too. There's a big segment of this where I want your feedback because it's like, I find that the, the, the two times, the, the times I learned most about comedy or doing stand up is when I bomb. Oh yeah, and when I or when I feel like absolute dog shit, don't want to do stand up, but get up on stage yeah, anyway and do pretty well. Yeah, you've got to do those ones. It's very similar to the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, it like is. The days where you don't want to go are the most important days. Yes. Yeah. Because there's days where I've been like, I don't want to go to Gong, and then I win. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, like, and there was a show. I think it was the it was the second gong show actually where I came second. Actually, I was hyping myself up, but really I wasn't feeling good about it. I did not feel 
I did not feel good about it, but yeah, I got up on stage and I came second with like a lot of new material. So yeah, I was feeling good about it. That's awesome. So then the other thing was, um, so yeah, the two things was it's like uh, any feedback on the stand up itself. I'm very happy with the jokes, but like delivery. Are you, do you think I'm getting better with like the timing, the spacing? It's weird because timing and stuff is so intangible. It is. And then different timings work for different people. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting better at taking my time like, with a joke. Pretty much no one else could use Norm's timing. No. No, no, no. But Norm- he had to find that out on him on his own terms. Exactly. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's something that you have to find out mm. on your own almost. Yeah. I do feel like in the now versus the beginning of my stand-up career. Yeah, it feels different. Yeah. It's like I, I'm better. There's two things I feel like I'm definitely better at. And one is like I've definitely gotten better at buttering up the audience. Like now I kind of realized it's like, oh, I can I can take them to the deep end, but I need to walk them through the shallow end first. Yeah, totally. Otherwise, you just dunk them and they're drowning. Yeah. So it's, I feel like I've gotten better at that. Would you say? Yeah, for sure. And... Than, than timing. So, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm comfortable. I felt like I used to rush through jokes like so quickly. But now yeah, I'm- that's that's like something that everyone does at the beginning because they're like, I hate silence. I've got to get to the punchline. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. But you know, the one thing I do, you might notice that I do this, but it's kind of, it's kind of like a tick, but it's kind of like a tick I use to stop myself. Where like I stop on stage like then, after yeah. a after a really dark joke and have and then that you like jerk off. Well, yeah that's well that worked that one time but it hasn't really worked since but no yeah. I stop and have that manic laugh on stage yeah yeah and it's like that's just kind of like my gauge to like okay come back down to earth so that's been really working for me anyway I think it's also I don't know people have different opinions they're like you shouldn't laugh at your own jokes and I'm like well what if you're nervous yeah and you are laughing yeah but it's not at your own jokes. Yeah. No, it's the fact that my psyche is breaking. Yeah, yeah. I'm There's not so laughing at my own joke. I'm laughing because I'm a nervous wreck. I'm laughing because the voices in my head tell the greatest jokes. Yeah, it. oh, they do, but you can't say them, right? Yeah, you mm. can't say them out loud, otherwise you go to prison. Yeah. Now, but you know, I'm very excited for you getting paid spots up at this up and coming show, which is really, really exciting. Yeah, something. Yeah, something. Um, no, it is exciting, man. It's like, it's a fucking, it's... It looks like a relatively big stage. Like, you you are getting, like, you, like, every day, like, every month that goes by, you are merging more and more into pro comedian status. It's like, you realize that, right? Yeah, but it still feels like it's so far away. Maybe it does, but, like, you're still so much closer than a lot of people. I think, but is the key just to like, you just chip away every day and then eventually you'll be where you want it to be kind of thing? I, you know what? I don't think the route to success is the same for any two people, you know? I think it's... Uh, yeah, because someone might be less Asian than me. Someone might be less Asian than you. Someone might be more Asian than you. Well, Some- that's just unfair. That's just unfair. <laughs> unfair. No, but like there's there's so many things going on, like... The, the reality is, is that I I think like you're probably one of the best up and coming comics in Perth. 
like bar none. And there's some good ones too. You know, it's like, that's no, that's no, like, that, that that's nothing to fucking, you know, furrow your brow at to be one of the best up and comers in Perth. Like you got a lot of good ones. You got Josh Durkin, you got John Wing, you got uh, Sam Bariari. You like, you get a lot of good, commi- you got Mitch Glenn, you got Wyatt Nixon, you know? Yeah, they're all really good. It's like, you, and I think you're head and shoulders above all of them. So like, yeah. But none of them can use hacky Asian jokes. <laughs> But you, you, no, it's it, it's not even the point. Like, like, and not to shit on you. Yeah, one or two of your jokes are hacky. Not all of them. You have some like really original, amazing bits. But the bit that's funny about your hacky jokes is that you're delivering them in a way I'm that 100% you- I'm 100% committed. You're 100% committed, but you're also delivering them in a way that you're letting the audience know that you know this is hacky. And it's funny that you're being at like it. It's I have a shame. You have a shame. Like uh, maybe it's like a palpable shame that I'm even telling them. What that that you're a hack that you're a hacky joke writer. Yeah, yeah. Like the audience can feel it. It's like an intangible. They're like he knows. He knows. <laughs> or maybe it just comes across in some weird way. Mm. Is that what you're saying? Well, it does. It doesn't, it doesn't. It's like, yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the aud- you're engaging the audience in a way that I don't think that is unique to you. And that's like what makes both your like original, really amazing original premise jokes great. And also like your hacky ones great. It's like, it's the fact that, you know, you're... It's almost a little bit Norm McDonaldy, like Norm McDonaldy. Well, I've been, I got uh, complimented on that the MP, like the multiple personalities bit. I don't know if you've heard it. But no, please tell. Oh, you'd have to hear it live. Okay. Uh, I don't know. You're going to make me wait two weeks for that? Oh, no, it's just dumb. Right, okay. <laughs> like, but it, it sets up callbacks and... Someone told me that I was, uh, they think I'm, I have like a personality disorder. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which was, yeah, very weird. What kind of like borderline or? Uh, they said like borderline or bipolar. I'm like, I don't think I'm either of those. Well, okay. So the multiple personalities bit is, well, one of the other comics was like, fuck, I wish I wrote that joke. Yeah. So you know it's got to be okay. Yeah. I think that's probably like one of the highest compliments you can get. That you wish you wrote that joke. That someone else wishes they wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. That is a pretty high compliment. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, not everyone's yeah. minds work. The, not everyone. Not everyone's mind works the same way. Mm. Yeah. Because okay, so the bit goes, and it's not going to be funny now because I've talked about it so much. But it's uh, it's like I've been going to a psychologist. Yeah. After like all the bullying, whatever. And then, uh, but recently they diagnosed me with MPD, right. which is multiple personality disorder, yeah. which is wild because I don't have multiple personalities, uh-huh. but I do. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And then I'm like, that joke is so dumb. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to tell it again. <laughs> yeah, but jokes. But I will. Again. <laughs> so you double down. I like it. Yeah, so it's, you it's, acknowledge that it's stupid, 
but then you also double down and then later on you can do a callback so yeah it's like oh my mum's asian and she says that she loves me in a weird way or whatever yeah. and then she says some bullshit and yeah. i'm like but i knew what she meant but i didn't <laughs> and then and then you get an applause break out yeah. of the callback that's dumb yeah built off the the framework of a joke that's stupid yeah but again it's like jokes like jokes don't have to be smart you know it's like it's comedy as long as they're accessible. Yeah. yeah. A jo- if a joke's smart, great. Like, awesome. But it doesn't have to be. It's just, it needs to be understandable. You yeah. know? It just, it's a basic, it like just hinges on irony. That's yeah. It. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like we are, we're coming off the back of some really good shows and I'm really happy for you that you're getting, you know, some paid spots. I'd like to be getting, I'd, I'd hopefully like to be getting not paid spots, but like I'd really like to, I don't know, get a weekend spot somewhere soon. I'd love to perform at Oasis. It's like I got. Uh, That's I, a paid spot. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Mm. I thought it was. I think any weekend spots are paid. Oh right, okay. For the most part. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I got to impress Brandon at Factory next week, so hopefully. Or at the end of this month, rather. So hopefully, if I impress him, I can just because I, I would perform at fact. I, I'd perform at Oasis for free. It's like yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like it's a know, great room. Heard it's fantastic, and like yeah, like I just really love to go to him and say it's like hey, it's like you know, if I do really well, like or it's like you know, if you're happy with my set. Would you mind if I performed at the Oasis? It's like, I don't want to be paid for it or anything. I just really like the opportunity to. Do you think that would go down well? Don't know. Don't know? I've never been. You've never You've never done Oasis? No. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Is it? Yes. I just don't think I'm in um, Brendan's orbit. Brendan's orbit enough? Yeah, I'm just not in his periphery enough. That's... I mean, look, I like a lot of the comedians that appear at Oasis. It's like there's a lot of good comedians I appear on there that I see on the lineup there for the posters and things like that. I'm not shitting on Oasis's lineup. Yeah, yeah, it's a great lineup. It's a great lineup. But you're better than a lot of those comics. I don't think so. Yeah, well, I know so. So I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you you're better, Martin. Just yeah, accept but- it. But you're uh, biased. Yeah, everyone's biased. That doesn't change anything. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. That's why science isn't supposed to be biased. No, science is biased. Yeah, it is. Well, you can't take bias out because people ain't that way. Yeah. It's like it's why I also don't believe in any statistic that I ever read. Because yeah. it's like I feel like but- statistics can be altered and they can be enhanced to support any argument or you know structure any angle you know yeah but did you know that 76 percent of statistics are made up i've heard this joke before (laughs) who said that i think it was me in an earlier episode yeah right okay yeah but i don't know who originally said it i don't know i can't remember i feel like it was a that also hinges on irony it does it does i like irony it's a good joke thing i don't know it looks like you've got a it looks that looks like a smoke in your mouth the way you're having that it is <laughs> just martin's just eating on mic can you hear it 
Nah, no, not really. That's because mm. Asians chew softly. Yeah, but spit loudly. Mm. Yeah. Why do they spit loudly? I don't know. Because they're like llamas. <laughs> they're like llamas. Have you noticed that like, a, I don't know, a lot of Asians seem to be very comfortable with spitting. I don't know. I don't spit much. Huh. Right. Interesting. Is that because they smoke a lot? It might be. It might be that. They squat and smoke. Squat and smoke. Squat and smoke. Is that uh, is that it's like a new mixtape? Is this is that the new Asian uh, fucking mixtape? That sounds. Squat and smoke sounds like a like a uh, euphemism for sucking a dick. Yeah. Like pop a squat and have a smoke. Yeah, smoke a fag. Yeah, yeah. It either, it either means to smoke a cigarette or shoot a gay person. Mm. Oh, no. Um, that's from what do you call that uh, Urban Dictionary Urban Dictionary mm. <laughs> smoke a cigarette or shoot a gay person <laughs> yeah smoke a fag oh this is uh, this is pretty cool I uh, I was reading last night as I want to do and uh, I was reading about this dude called the Marquis de Sade who was a writer and philosopher Mm-hmm. But he was an extremely graphic. But he was gay. Uh, he was probably bisexual. Oh. Um, but uh, that's not why I don't really want to talk about his sexuality yet. Um, yeah. But it was his. Uh, fair enough. We'll get there. But he, he like it was what he wrote. That was it was it was the life he lived versus the life he well, versus what he wrote about. Because he always wrote these extremely, extremely graphic stories of like pretty brutal stuff. It was always like really sadistic shit, sexually sadistic shit on like women, like young boys and like it's a disturbing image, right? But like there yeah, was, but that's that's the world, you know, that's an accurate depiction of the world that he made up. In his head, yeah, yeah, probably. But what was interesting, I found out about the, I f- found out about him. Like he, like he was a philanderer and slept around a lot, and he had a lot of young lovers. Not young, like, not young enough at the time that it was inappropriate at the inappropriate at the time. It would be inappropriate today, but not like for for the times. But like he never, like he, he was never once. Uh, like known for doing anything like gratuitously violent sexually. So it was like, I don't know. It seemed really interesting. He was also a proponent saying uh, he thinks there should be publicly funded brothels uh, in cities. And he says, if there were publicly funded brothels paid for by the state, um, it would reduce crime and uh, it it would reduce the crime of people yeah it would reduce crime basically (laughs) reduce the crime yeah of crime yeah it would reduce the the criminality of criminals yeah Yeah. so yeah which interesting theory would you do you think it would work yeah you think it would yeah yeah Mm. well i mean like yeah if it's like some it's just like taking public transport well you're going for a ride in both cases but Mm. yeah all right like uh he got he, he spent his last days in an asylum uh, and he was sent there by Napoleon 
because he he sent Napoleon uh, two copies of uh, uh, two books that he wrote, which were also pretty graphic and detailed. And Napoleon didn't like them, so he was like, "I'm sending you to I'm sending you to an asylum." So he spent the rest of his days in an asylum. That's all right. Yeah, I feel like we're going to end up there. No, I'll kill myself before then. Uh, how much longer do you think you got? Before the asylum? Yeah. About a week. Oh, no, don't say that, please. <laughs> no, I don't know, just some amount of time. I'd be so sad if you killed yourself. Well. Like, I, I went through a breakup recently, which I'll get into in a bit. I would be more sad if you killed yourself than I would have in any of my previous breakups. Yeah, because comedy's forever, but uh, bitches be crazy. Bitches be crazy. As, yeah. uh, what did that guy said? P. Diddy? Marquis Mar- Mar- de Sade? Yeah, Marquis de Mar- Sade. Mar- Mar- that's Desaad. what he said as he died. Yeah, bitches be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially in my stories, B. And they yeah. just died. Funnily enough, that's where we get the words sadist and sadistic from. Marquis de Sade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Monkey to Saudi. Mm-hmm. Chalabi. Saudi Chalabi. Shout out, Saudi Chalabi. I love a Chalabi. I love a Chalabi. I love a Chalabi in this dick in my mouth. Dude, a Chalabi sounds like a delicious food. It does. It sounds like some kind of... It sounds like a dessert kebab almost. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Sounds awesome. I want one. Maybe we could make that. I don't know. Well, yeah, just making something... Usually it's made and then the name is added. So making something from the name is like the opposite. Yeah, that, that's that's true actually. I don't think it, ha- it has probably never happened. A dessert kebab? No, I mean making something from a name. Probably not. A king is like, I want a pastry. And they're like, what's that? And they're like, figure it out. Figure peasant. it out. Figure it out, you Pussy, yeah. Bitches be crazy. Bitches be crazy. But yeah, I went through a breakup recently, which I felt shit for about 24 hours. And then afterwards, like I felt, I went like, I felt like shit. And then I drank a bit and then I ate too much food and then I smoked some weed. And then that was in that 24 hour period where you're just feeling like shit because no breakup feels nice, right? Yeah. You must have cared greatly for this person. 24 hours is a long time. For me, especially. (laughs) No, it's like, I'm not relieved because it was over. I'm relieved because it's over because it didn't work out. Oh, it it was never going to work. Well, it was never going to work out. Like, you know, it was like, and I really wish it could have. Like, you know, I reckon it's probably the, you know, nicest relationship I've had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably. You sound convinced. Yeah, you know, this it's always up for debate, you know. It's like, you know, you can't go around comparing partners because, yeah, one was a gaslighting, toxic, cheating piece of shit, but, man, they made you feel real nice for like and a that was second. the good one. That was the good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the, no, it's like, yeah, it's like it just ended because of my issues and their issues and uh yeah it was we we just knew we weren't gonna work out so we were just like let's just part ways say friendly and go about our business so it was like an amicable breaking up and she was like 
she was like, I can't stand, like, you know, I like you, but you want to do all these things and, like, you're always busy and yada, yada, yada. And I could feel it was coming, so I just said it. I was like, here, let me make the decision for you. It was like, let's let's just agree to end it, like, on these terms. Let's stay friendly. It's like, I still care about you. And we moved on from that, you know? Sounds cool. No, it was shit. It was a shit conversation to have, but it needed to be had, you know? Because sometimes life is about doing the shit you don't want to do. Right, Martin? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, well, but the early stages of a relationship is the best part anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's That's like before you realize that they're a psycho. When do you think, when do you think is like, because obviously there's the honeymoon phase, right? Yeah. But you don't realize that. Yeah. You're both degenerates. Well, I mean, I think I fall in love with them when I realize they're a degenerate. Oh. It's just my thing. Um, uh, but like what, um, when do you think is like that ideal phase when they, when, when someone you're seeing stops being a, like a hookup, uh, and starts being something more than that. I say it happens after about two, two months, two months. I think. Yeah, probably like two or three months. Yeah, yeah, and then the honeymoon lasts for like I don't know. I I think it for some people, depending on who they are, I think it lasts from either six months to a year after that period. Don't you think? Yeah, probably. And then after that, you're basically every other couple on the planet. It's kind of like. Um when you watch like a TV series and the first season's good yeah. uh, and then it slowly gets worse, yeah. but you're like, oh, but it, you used to suck me off so good or whatever. Yeah. And, and then, so you stick with it. Yeah. 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 And I, then it takes you a long time to calibrate that. It's also kind of the same in a workplace where someone works their whole off for the first six months or something and then they gradually get worse and it yeah. takes a while for you to realize that shit that the shit yeah 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 you're yeah. like oh that guy's reliable yeah is he yeah is he yeah yeah well he used to be yeah that's what my roommate's been doing why well, just calling in sick all the time no he just doesn't show up he's just oh that's i love that about him so he's concerned about what what he says on the podcast but he doesn't he's hours late to work no he just doesn't go out at all yeah what is the deal <laughs> And then is uh, is Luke like clinically depressed or something? Maybe. Oh God. But um, yeah. do you laugh at people when they say you should go to therapy? People tell me I should go to therapy, and I'm like, I'm never doing that. I feel like the people that say that I'm never going to therapy probably need it the most, and I've never been, and I'm never going to go. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm never going to therapy. No, nah, I would, but it costs money. Uh, it's not even, yeah, but it has, for me, not going, it has nothing to do with money. But for me, I can't, uh, like steal the appointment. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, hold on. Maybe what you could do is give them a false name and a false address. I was walking with a mustache. Yeah. Or because I'm Asian, they're like trying to build the wrong guy. Mm. I do think there's like a lot of cheap uh, therapy alternatives these days. Um, like, 
if you wanted to talk to someone. But why do that when you've got a podcast? Yeah, like, just totally. talk to me and talk to your audience. Oh, I did want to run a bit by you um, that I was working on. It's like, have you noticed that women get to like their 40s or 50s and then they go through like this sexual resurgence, you know, this yeah. sexual, this second sexual awakening? Then they're like, I'm in touch with my body again. I'm a sexual creature, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, I don't think it's any coincidence that their husbands are diagnosed with Parkinson's around about the same time too. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like... Is uh, it a coincidence? Yeah. Is it a coincidence? It'd be like having a talking vibrator in the house, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. on another note, my mum and dad have never been happier. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's fucking the mailman. <laughs> Jeez. Something. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think it's kind of like... Is it doesn't seem super original, uh, but it seems... I don't know. I, I think I can I think I think can do something with it. I don't know. Is anything original? Uh, That's the more that I think about it. I'm like, everyone has like a premise that sort of sounds like another premise. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's only so much originality in the world. Like, unless you're going for really weird shit, I don't know if anything's really original. Mm. But even if you go super weird, it's still based on something else. Um, yeah, that's true. There, like, there is only so much originality in the world. Between, uh, I don't know, between Norm MacDonald, Shakespeare and the Bible, it's all been done. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's, everything's been done. Everything's been done to death. And Charlie Chaplin too. Between Charlie Chaplin, Norm Macdonald, uh, Shakespeare and the Bible, everything's been done. And three of those people are comedians. Shakespeare originally wrote comedies instead of his more dramatic works. And Jesus was a comedian. Um, well, turning water into wine, great bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, what else would I want to talk about? There was a lot. I, I came prepared with topics today, um, but I've forgotten all of them. Oh, well, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's it helpful. It really is. Any, have you have you got anything? Um, I wanted to talk about the Marquis de Sade. Yeah, that happened. That happened. Talk about it again. Talk about no, it no, again. No. Um, well, actually, well, I did want to touch back on that thing of like, of how ironic it is. Because, yeah, it, it, it does feel like, I don't know, there's something about it I, I've noticed in musicians and rappers and drag queens and kings versus comedians. Now, you know, I'm always comparing everything to comedy. So, like, and again, I'm totally, totally biased on this. So, don't take my word for it. Like, I think I'm, I probably am seeing things through a very biased lens because I want to favor comedy at all times. But I do feel like, to what I said earlier, where like the drag queen had like only so many tickets sold, whereas like an a comedian would see that as like a full room. I do feel like comedians are just, infinitely more grateful than any other performer to have an audience you know maybe uh musicians are probably pretty grateful to just have like one person probably so i don't know i don't know but comedy is such like a 
comedy is such like a, a weird art form. I mean, you, you can barely call it an art form in some ways. Also, I'm pausing to take a shit. Okay. We were talking about how um, comedians are very grateful to have an audience. Um, do you find that? I, I, I think... I don't know. I, I feel like comedians have like... 10 people listen to them. 10 people rock up to a show. And like, we're just That's like... That's you really need. Yeah, that, 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 I mean, that is all we need. But like, I don't know. It just feels like I, I look at other people and in other, performing in other venues, doing other performing arts. And they just act like, oh God, if... Um, if... Uh, if 10 people rocked up, it would be a failure, you know? It's like, they, they want a room full of people, which is, it's like a comedian would be grateful to have anyone there. Mm. Now, maybe I'm just seeing things through a uh, favoritism lens, but that's just what I'm, that's just what I think. I think, um, I'm not sure, but I think it is very important to do those rooms that have very little people in them. Yeah, well, I think... Because if you only go to the bigger rooms, you'll never really, like, know who you are as a performer. Don't you also think there's this... There's this, um... Ability that comedians need to learn. There's two things comedians need to learn uh, to do, and that's reading a room, like, judging what a room is... And it's easy to judge a room like after the first act, right? Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you don't know what it's going to be like after the first act. So, yeah, um, you can still get the calibration wrong. And even then, the first act still got to take a look at the audience and judge. And all they're going off is like the age, the demographic of the people and who's there, right? So, I mean, that's that. But then... Um, like, so audience need to get, comedians rather need to get like really good at reading a room, reading an audience and then tailoring their material to try to make people laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I don't think I have enough material to do that. I'll just bring what I have. I think you do. I think you do. But, but I still kind of, I don't know. I just, I'm just like, oh, this will probably work. Yeah. And then that's, that, that top's going to fall off, but don't worry about it. Just pop it on the table if it does. Oh, I see. Um, but uh, the other thing too that I think comedians need to get good at is like harnessing an energy in a room, you know, like bringing an energy together. Because in a room full of 200 people where everyone's had got a little bit of alcohol in their system, the energy is easy to harness. It's like the energy is so easy to like get up and off the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you can make if you can make seventy percent of the people laugh, a hundred percent of the people will laugh. You know what I mean? Because they don't want to be left out. Exactly. Um even if, even if they don't understand, they'll yeah. be like, I don't want to look dumb. Yeah. Or and, and even then it's like it's probably even less than seventy percent. It's probably closer to fifty percent. Um but that energy is way more difficult to harness with a smaller audience. You know yeah. what I mean? So, 
And then it's also like the, the um, I don't know. It, it it's like there's something different in regards to like bombing in front of two hundred people versus bombing in front of twenty people. I think it's pretty hard to bomb in front of two hundred people. That's what I mean, because it's it's like you get something. Well, like. If you can't get at least 50% of the audience laughing at your jokes uh, in front of 200 people, then go back to the drawing board. Go back to the drawing board. Um, because, yeah, it's like you're, you, your comedy is probably pretty divisive and or like you, you weren't delivering it right. It's like something's going on there. Maybe you should just shouldn't be doing comedy. Um, but like, yeah, like, in, but if you can bombing in front of, 20 people way easier to do and i feel like it's way harder to like just emotionally live through um but like if you can live through it and yeah, then it's more intimate yeah when there's 200 people it feels so much more disconnected yeah it's like you, you don't have to look any of them in the eye you don't uh, have to talk to any of the, 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 yeah there's a huge disconnect and a lot of the time at smaller venues you can see a lot more people yeah yeah that's the case isn't it yeah um but yeah, I feel like that when you bomb in front of 20 people, you feel you also feel like you've let them down way more too. Yeah, you, you can like reach out and touch everyone pretty much. Exactly. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go around doing that. Why not? Oh, uh, well, you know. Um, Busby not, did it. He did. He did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think... Uh, I have a conspiracy theory about Cosby, right? Because someone told me that Cosby is performing stand-up again. Is he? So what I've heard from somewhere. Now, what if, what if, right? Mm. Cosby did, uh, can you tell me if the walls are bricklayed or plasterboard? I just got a message. This is my fucking handyman. He's coming to fix my fucking laundry bracket. I got to text him back because he's coming today. Okay. Um, plaster. What time's he coming? I don't know. Probably later. Okay. He's either coming today or tomorrow. He hasn't made his mind up yet. Um, That's a classic yeah, money man thing. It really is. But anyway, um, like, yeah, uh, fucking, what, what was I saying? Cosby. Cosby. Um, because, like, he got found out and, like, sentenced to thing but like bill cosby at one point was one of like the most highest regarded stand-ups in america right he is great yeah i mean i don't think his material holds up like i think richard Pryor's and like uh, norm mcdonald's older material holds up rodney dangerfield's material holds up um george carlin's old material holds up but I, i really don't feel like bill cosby's material holds up I was just saying he's great. I haven't listened to it at all. Okay. Well, suck my dick then. Um, but yeah, do you think though that like a comedian who's that highly regarded, that applauded by everyone? I heard a theory that he did, that he wanted to be found out for what he did just so that he could see if he could come back um, on stage and still crush after after it happened that's a theory that i heard i think people will still watch it what will still come and watch him 
Yeah, for sure. Because he's got so much controversy around him. Yeah, it'd be a little bit like if like if Adolf Hitler came back uh, today. Do you think you'd want to like tune in and just see what he's doing? Yeah, probably. Mm. Like, do you think it, like if he was still on the whole Jew hating machine? Still whole Jew hate train? I don't know. I've heard that material already. Yeah, like get something new. I guess some new. Hating. What do you think Hitler would talk about today? If he was revived. Yeah. That's considering, you know, that he ever died. Uh, if he ever died. Yeah. Escaped to Argentina. Didn't. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. What would he talk about today? Uh, I have. Yeah, I have, I have no clue. Um, Was Hitler autistic? Apparently he met Einstein once. Uh, before he... And he absorbed the autism from Einstein. Yeah, probably. Um, no, apparently he met Einstein um, briefly. And, uh, yeah. I need to look that up. I need to look up Einstein and Hitler meeting. Because apparently it was... Uh, they had a very interesting conversation um, about, like, the beauty of nature or something. Yeah, and Hitler was like, should I kill the Jews? And he's like, yeah, yeah. probably, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would have... Einstein started it. I would have loved to... Like, like we talk about, like, great minds meeting. I feel like great minds... Like, let's say you sat down in a room with, like, two great, great minds in their field. Like, I don't know, pick two great minds in their field. Jerry Seinfeld and Norm MacDonald, for our sake, you know? Yeah. Two of probably, yeah, the best... Like people who've worked in comedy ever. You need to get a Ouija board out. Yeah, these days you would, yeah. Yeah. Um, I reckon Norm MacDonald would still be funny to talk to through a Ouija board. Yeah. Somehow his comedy would still work. There'd be like long pauses before the Ouija board started moving. But um, yeah, if... uh, Like those two guys would just have nothing but like agreement with each other you know like they that, that agree and they talk on so much in regards to their art whereas i feel like two people who completely disagreed with each other um i feel like they would make much more a much more interesting conversation to listen to you know like jesus and satan like if they had sat down for a cup of tea and just chatted like, their conversation would be way more interesting. Yeah. Can Jesus turn water into wine? I mean, the devil. I don't know. I don't know. Is he, like, a powerful dude that can do that shit? Yeah, he is. He, he's a powerful dude. I don't know what he can do, though. Um, only yeah, it's all a bit vague. Well, he could offer... Apparently, like, he could offer Jesus all the kingdoms of man. Like uh, in the Bible where Jesus walked through the desert and went on like his fast, didn't drink water or didn't eat food for, I don't don't know, I can't remember how long it was. I feel like it was three days. Um, And like uh, the devil offered him shade on the first day and then food and water on the second day. And then then he took Jesus to a mountain and uh, said to Jesus, I will offer you all the kingdoms of man uh, if you, uh, but concede and take food and water from me. 
Jesus was like, nah, bro, I'm okay. Wait, well, can the devil do that or is he just like talking big smack? I mean, there's something in the Bible where it's like, even though like the the devil, th- th- there's something about it where like the devil cannot lie. So, the way he offers his gifts is through like- Riddles. Riddles and trickery. But, like, he has to give you what he offers you. But it can be like a poisoned apple, you know? It's like um, it, it's like that Greek dude who who he's like, everything I touch, I want to turn to gold because he loved gold so much. And in the end, it, it ruined him, you know, because he, uh, he touched his daughter and his daughter turned to gold. And then he uh, tried to jerk off and then... His dick turned to gold. <laughs> yeah. That would suck. Yeah. Someone might suck it, yeah. Uh, a golden penis? Yeah. I feel like it's been done. Someone someone out there has a gold dildo. I wonder, oh, what, yeah. I wonder what the fanciest dildo in the world is. Shall we Google it? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. The fanciest dildo in the world. The fanciest? Fanciest dildo in the world, yeah. What's the fanciest, uh, like, substance? Fanciest substance? Yeah. I don't Diamonds. know. Diamonds. Yeah, Pretty probably. Fancy. Fanciest dildo that's, that's in the world. probably quite expensive. Probably. Uh, okay. One, sorry. Drum roll. Most please. expensive dildo. So dildo. What? It, it must do something special. I mean, Maybe. Uh, 11 of the most expensive... Uh, okay. 11 of the most expensive sex toys to ever exist. Okay. Okay. The Rogue Pearl, $1 million. What does it do? Okay. It's a seven-inch vibrator, which looks like the offspring of a rocket ship and a chess piece. Doesn't appear to be for sale yet, but the thrillist reports... So it's, a, it's a jeweled dildo vibrator. So, that's what it looks like. It doesn't look that cool. Doesn't look like I'd want that in me. It looks like it would like hurt your skin. I don't know why. Diamonds, sapphires, platinum, a pearl, and pretty much every expensive thing you can think of found its way into this masterpiece. A million dollars is a lot. For a sex toy, yeah. For anything. <laughs> okay, here. Uh uh what what what's what's this? Okay. Oh, this is a cock ring. Um, it's Velvor's King J Cobra, which goes for one hundred and twenty-three thousand uh, dollars. Well, that's cheaper. Yeah, and it's a it's a snake, uh, it's a snake cock ring. Um, what do you mean? Well, it's it's a. Well, I'll show you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant it was made of a snake. No, 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 no. Um, it's worth yeah, worth six figures, and it is made from the finest silver. Um, okay, we're starting to get a little bit more reasonably priced out now. Uh, Lelo Inez in gold, which is a $12,000, oh, sorry, a $13,000, 24-karat gold uh, vibrator. That's that. Oh, yeah. That one actually looks cooler than the other one. It does. Looks way more functional, too. 
Um, and then the Lilo Yiva in gold for 3,345. Um, uh, yeah, so it's basically another vibrator that's smaller. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is... Oh, my God. It keeps going. Right, okay. What? I don't even know what that is. So, it's a, it's a massage ring. I, d- I don't even know how you would use that. Gliding over... Like, we've never actually heard of anyone seeking out the sensation of pearls gliding over their genitals. Perhaps, perhaps because this ring didn't exist yet. So, this is going for nearly $5,000. But, like, yeah... I'm not. I don't even know how you. I don't even know what you would use that for. A petting ring. We're pretty confused about the purpose of this ring too, but apparently it's an accessory to enhance male masturbation. It's uh, so it's a Bettany Vernon petting ring. Um, it goes for thirteen hundred dollars. Um, the double ring holds the index finger and th- I. I yeah. Um, okay. No. All right. Lilo Earl, this butt plug costs more than most millennials rent. Uh, it's $2,200. So, it's it's like... Who's paying more than $2,200 on rent? <laughs> yeah. Well, people in New York. Um, yeah. Most distinguished gentleman's plug in the world. Okay. Okay. This is... Uh, this is interesting. The fawn, fawny Kutri uh, Martin's rubbing the couch and being uncomfortable at all this talk of sex. No, I've been rubbing the couch the whole time. Are you stoned? No, I no. just like things. Do you like the couch? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, fawny <laughs> Couture Fuji glass dildo with whip for eleven fifty nine. Uh, when you order this, you are playing for both a dildo and a whip, plus a real piece of collector's bedroom art. The handcrafted design is based on Mount Fuji. The handle is legit made of kangaroo hide. And the Queen of England's whip maker braided the whip's leather. Even just knowing that must make the must take BDSM to a whole new level. Right, okay. Well, that one seems more fancy than the other one. It does. That feels like it should be the most expensive thing. Um, so then there's a mask, which is yeah, it's just a mask, which goes for thirteen seventy five. Um, Benoit balls. What the fuck? Oh, Kegel balls. So these are balls you put up your vagina, uh, and they go for five hundred dollars. Um, the Nell Pleasure. Seed vibrator for thirteen thousand dollars. This eighteen karat gold twin pronged clitoral vibrator just looks like a fortune cookie that and costs as much as a car. But at least you also get a gold trimmed artisanal box complete with a gold key, so nobody can steal your treasure. Why? It seems like they've uh, factored in the box into the price. Yeah, like if you ask them to take the box out, would you get it for cheaper? Yeah, and then you put it in another box. Yeah, your own box. And then you can get a key for that box yourself. So you don't need... You yeah, can cut... chastity belt. <laughs> mm. Mm. Okay. Okay, one of the most... Okay, this is interesting. 
I want to look at this later. The most <sighs> expensive. Yeah, so there's. It's still the Pearl Royale. I can't believe that there's a dildo vibrator that costs over a million dollars. That seems ridiculous. Yeah, well, if you're rich and have a lot of disposable income. That's not even disposable income. That's just... The, the person who would want to buy that would need... I don't know. There's something so decadent about that it's wrong. The person who 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 made that dildo uh, should be sent to hell. The person that made it. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like no one should be spending a million dollars... On a sex toy. Hmm. You know? Yeah, you could invest. You could buy a homeless person like... You, yeah, you, you could, could buy a whole homeless person. You could buy a whole... You, no, you could buy a whole lot more than one homeless person. <laughs> Let me fucking... For a million dollars? You're seeing the wrong homeless people, my friend. It's this like, one's got heaps of tape. You could fucking... You could... Like, you could get a homeless person to do whatever you wanted to for a thousand dollars. Literally anything you wanted. Yeah. Name it. Backflip. Yep. I'll do it for a thousand dollars. Well, I want to see a full one. Full one? You want to see them do a full backflip? Yeah. Do they get to jump from a height? I don't want them to die. Well, no, not like not like a fucking skyscraper, but like, you know. They do a backflip before they commit suicide. Yeah, but like five feet, five feet tall, you know, like a five foot ho- ho- tall height. To be honest with you, there are probably homeless people who would kill themselves for a thousand dollars. Then they'd probably give the thousand dollars to like, I don't know, their son or something. And then they can just be like, listen, I know I wasn't able to raise you, you know, because I'm homeless. But like, at least I was able to give you this. Like, you could probably talk, you like, you could probably get some homeless people who are willing to kill themselves for a thousand dollars probably this is this is making me i mean i have a thousand dollars that's more than me <laughs> oh fuck um man that's fucking nuts like a million dollars for a dildo yeah i don't know it's same it's too much it's too much like we should be we should be doing something better with that money than sex toys. Well, you could like fund every comedian's career in Perth for ages with a million dollars. Or just mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yours and mine. No, yours. No, yours and mine. No, I got to keep struggling. No, you deserve it more than me. <laughs> no, I like the struggle. I want to bitch on another comedian later off mic, but. Don't uh, do it. I will. Okay. I just can't do it on mic because, you know, I'm worried about this getting back to them. But uh, it's not who you think it is either. It's someone brand new on my list. Oh, great. Someone who I thought was cool uh, for a while. Now I don't think they're cool anymore. It's, it's Tupac. Oh, I never thought he was cool. <laughs> okay. Just because I was never into rap. Oh, okay. You know, I had like a hot minute where I got into rap and it was pretty much just every white boy's regular rap, which was 50 Cent and Eminem. 50 Cent's pretty good. 50 Cent's, and yeah. Then he got shot like 7 million times and he lived. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. He got shot in the face. Yeah, is that why he has like a weird lisp kind of thing? Yeah, he, he has a weird way of talking. There's actually audio recordings of what he sounded like before... Uh, he, um, 
got shot in the before face. Before he got shot in the face. And he sounds totally different. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, <laughs> go figure indeed. Who would have guessed? Yeah, because apparently he's still got a fragment of bullet in his tongue. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would be very uncomfortable, I think. Why can't they get it out? I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, apparently the uh, the operation would fuck up the way his voice sounds. Oh, okay, but that's already happened. <laughs> yeah. But even more. Well, apparently, like, apparently he likes the way he sounds now. Apparently it makes him sound like harsher and darker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it was a bit like, I don't know, maybe a similar strategy to Nat King Cole smoking a pack of cigarettes before every show he did. Did you hear that? Nat King, you know who Nat King Cole is? No. Okay, he's a singer. He's an old black dude who, well, he's dead now. Actually, no, I think he, I think he died pretty young. Yeah, who would have guessed? Yeah. Uh, smoking a pack of cigarettes before every show. Yeah. Yeah. You know who did die recently? No one will know his name. Uh, but people should because he wrote like such a massive body of music and he lived so ungodly long. Like I didn't realize how old he was when he died. But you know those songs like um, Jump in the line, rock your body on time. Oh yeah, I believe you. You know that song? No. Oh, uh, what is it? It's, um, <laughs> oh, fuck. Banana Boat. Da-da-da-da-da. Uh, no. Oh fuck it! I, I I gotta I gotta look this up. Harry Belafonte, do you know him? No, I've never heard of him. Oh uh, well, he was a he was he was a he used to be like I mean they call him the king of Calypso, but yeah, he died on Anzac Day. Oh shit! Yeah, and he was like ninety. I thought he was dead ages ago, but yeah, he died, he died recently. Um, yeah, so uh, Banana Boat, De- like Dale. Dale. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, Jump in the line. Jamaica farewell. Island in the sun. A day in the life of a fool. Um, like, yeah, he sang, he, like, he sang a lot of bangers. And yeah, he died recently. My dad used to play him all the time. Was there any uh, musicians that your dad liked to listen to a lot? Slim Dusty. Actually? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. He's in the... He's a country boy. Mate, there's more and more I find out about you, which just makes sense. Yeah, for instance. Well, it's like your dad liking Slim Dusty and the fact that a flannel is your main form of clothing. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. There's like, it's not a coincidence is what I'm saying. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Okay. It's not a coincidence. Yeah, it's probably linked. Mm. When are you going to come out after a show? Uh... Don't even come out and get fucked up. Just come out. Well, at some point. What are you doing on Friday, May 19th? I don't know. Okay. Um, well, I got invited by Lucian and Drop Bear to a party um, that I'm sure I could bring you to if you would like to come. We'll see. I don't like parties. Why not? <laughs> They're loud. Yeah, but you, you might meet new people. I don't like people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you expect to come up with original ideas if you don't interact with the world around you? Well, I suppose there could be a bit that comes out of how much I hate parties. Yeah. So it could be worth it. Consider it research. Consider it work. I've been out of the house before. Yeah, but 
going out of the house to steal beef jerky is not exactly like. I didn't steal anything. <laughs> Let's try some of this. I haven't tried any of it yet. The last lot you got me was amazing. Yeah, I think this is similar to what I got you last. Time. Yeah, I think that's the same one. That was really good lot, huh? Huh? And these ones are like strips. Mm. Yeah, those are the stokers, the uh, the sticks. Mm. Oh, these are moisture. These are way dry, but I like them. Yeah, they're both <laughs> both good. Mm. They're really good. You want to walk up and get a shake after this? Could be good. Walk up, get a shake, come back, chill out for a bit, record another episode, what's, break for lunch. What's the time? Time on the play school clock. No, I mean, what's the time on the app? Uh, hour 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, have you been listening to any uh, comedy specials? Um, I actually did recently listen to one. Um, I watched um, Stavros's Halkius's special on YouTube. Mm, I yep. think his crowd works like way better than his jokes. Mm. His crowd works phenomenal. Yeah, it's like god tier. Yeah, he has some of the best. Like, and how quick his crowd work is too. Yeah, like he's just able to jump to, like something to make fun of that I feel like most other comedians would pass by so easily. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he singles out in very specific detail in a story or something and figures it out. Mm. Oh, he's also, he's very present. Oh, yeah. That's probably the biggest part. I feel like I should just sit down and um, I feel like we should maybe sit down at some point and just watch a shit ton of comedy specials on Netflix. Yeah, maybe. Like, Jim Jeffries has a new special out. Um, I don't know. What I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That would be. Well, recently I watched uh, two specials from the same guy, uh, Rana Hershenberg. Rana Hershenberg. He sounds like a Jew. He sound, I thought he sounded like an Indian. Oh, anyway, he's a Jew. An Indian Jew. No, he's well, just well, a regular Jew. Oh, well, well, but no, but let, no. Well, go on. I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to the Indian Jew bit. No, but he's a really good joker on it. Right. Yeah, well, I think he is. Anyway, I really want to see some John Mulaney uh, specials. Apparently, his specials are amazing. Because well, this yeah, Rana Hershenberg is like kind of like a bit of a chubby Jew. Makes sense with an Hershenberger. <laughs> yeah, Hershenberger, well, but Berg. I yeah. think I said burger. I think no, I think you said Berg, and I just went on with burger. Oh yeah, because you said he was fat, and I'm like Hershenberger. But he talks about how I don't know. I just like his jokes. Um, yeah, he talks about how uh, he's like fat, so he's like recently he's got like a CPAP machine. To help him breathe at night. <laughs> That's so weird that people need those. Yeah, but he's like, he's so unfit that now he needs assistance with sleep. Yeah, breathing. Yeah, yeah. breathing while he's asleep. That's incredible. And then he's like, it's so awkward when he goes on dates and it's very presumptuous. Like his dates are like, you're being very presumptuous because you brought your CPAP machine. Yeah. Like to suggest that he's going to go and sleep with them tonight. Do, do, do people who need a sleep apnea machine need it every night or is it just some nights? I don't know. Also, it must be it must be uncomfortable on your face. Mind you, 
I do feel like you get to a point where you are so fat that, like, you're just naturally uncomfortable forever. So, I feel like a sleep apnea machine is, like, yeah. nothing compared to the discomfort of being that fat. Well, maybe, yeah. Mm. But um, he was he was also talking about how he was, like, jerking off in his sister's house. And then uh, his sister's dog came up and started licking his balls. Nice. And then he's like, he but he pushed the dog away straight away, but he didn't push it away with as much force as he could have. So I don't know. I think that's kind of funny. Mm, that is funny. And then he also didn't push the dog away straight away. He, he didn't push the dog straight away. That well, is originally he said he did, but mm. I don't know. I, I like these jokes. Yeah, good jokes. I think the best jokes are the ones where you're like, these, these are good jokes, and then no one laughs. Mm. They're my favourite. Well, that is kind of the the annoying thing about comedians, don't you find? They're like, that's a good joke. Yeah. Structurally. And it's like, because we examine a joke so much rather than just taking it at face value like the audience. Well, also, he has another bit where he's, he's like 38. Mm-hmm. And he's like, people, like, when they first see him, they think he's a lot younger mm. because he has so few accomplishments. <laughs> nah. Which is a great joke. What's your proudest accomplishment? I don't know. Well, think about it. I don't, I don't think I'm very proud of a lot of things I do. No, it sounds, but... You can still be proud of accomplishment. In recent memory, getting on on the lounge weekend was pretty cool. Oh, dude, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Was it the Fremantle Factory? Uh, Fremantle Lounge? Uh, both. Both? Yeah. Dude, honestly, man, you, how do you not think you're not doing amazing at comedy? Like, I know, I know you like you're not where you want to be. I know you're not like all the way there yet but like you're getting there it's like you're clearly making progress yeah and what you've been doing comedy for only like a year uh just over yeah a year and a half now a year and a half yeah well i'm hoping hopefully i get noticed around about the same time i feel like i'm impressing some people yeah john and sarah seem to be impressed with me at the lounge yeah i think um the gong is probably one of the good things to go to to get noticed like being in their orbit yeah which is what i was talking about with brendan i think you kind of got to go to his things yeah well i would love to it's just getting the time to do it i'm a busy busy boy martin yeah so yeah mm. do you think uh brendan would uh let us perform at the oasis if we got if we got him drugs <laughs> i don't know maybe because we could do that. Get him drugs. Yeah. We, I, yeah, I could do that. If, like, let, let's say theoretically. Let's say theoretically. Buying spots off the... Um, <laughs> you're bribing the room runner. <laughs> but then I guess room runners are people too. Yeah, they're not human. Well, I mean, sorry. They're barely. <laughs> yeah. They're not. They're subhuman. Yeah, they're, they're human. Um... Yeah, it's like what would be the what what would be what would honestly be the harm 
and you or I just saying, hey, just give us a give us a weekend spot. Here's some weed. Here's I don't know. Cocaine. I always feel weird asking. I would rather someone come ask me because then if you ask, then there's so much pressure on you. Yes, there is a huge amount of pressure. Yeah. Whereas if they ask, the pressure's on them because they made the decision. But it's like, how do you get in the into the position where they're going to ask? That's the other thing I want to know. I don't know. It's like, because I'm not going to name any names. Um, but someone I know performed at Oasis recently. Sure. And... I like this person. I do think that they are a good comedian. But... Perfect. You're better than them. No, look, I don't like this idea of better. No. I think everyone has their ups and downs. This is true, but you have more ups than downs. (laughs) That's a funny sentence. Mm. You have more ups than downs? (laughs) Yeah. You, you're making fun of Down syndrome people here right now. Aren't no, you? you are. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still love that joke that Shane Gillis does, which is where it's like autistic people are like cats. You come home and they don't want to like they they want like minimal interaction with you and they want interaction on their terms. That's another joke that Ranan or Rana has, where he talks about how like dogs are way better than cats. Yeah, because you imagine. If a, if your dog was acting like a cat, yeah, you would put it down straight away. Yeah, you would. <laughs> like cats are such cunts. Yeah, but then Shane Gillis had the bit which is where it's like Down syndrome people are like dogs. <laughs> this is not my joke, by the way. I want to preface this. I did not come up with this bit. Do you but, put peanut butter on your balls? And- well, the, like you come home and they're like they're just so happy to see you. It's like we're gonna have the best day today. It's like, we're going to have the greatest day today. You have no idea, you know? I think Down syndrome people are the best. Well, they're they're so much happier than you or I will ever be. Yeah. You know what was disturbing about the breakup recently? Actually, that was something I wanted to bring up. Was the fact she had Down syndrome. No, no. That wasn't disturbing. Not that one. Um, That wasn't disturbing at all. That was the main attraction. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, It was the fact that, like... I don't know. I feel like breakups are getting easier to just get over with. And I don't know if that's psychologically a good thing. It's like the because I remember my first breakup and that felt like shit. Yeah, same. And I felt like shit for like a year, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of like, I'll never find anyone else again. Yeah. Oh, she was the one. Yeah. It's my only chance. I fucked it up. Yeah. And then like I had four months where I was good. And then I had a two month where I remembered her and then went back into it. And then I was even like more depressed. Yeah. It's the go back that fucks you up. Yeah. So, but now it's like, like I'm not saying the breakup I had recently was like not heartbreaking and not a shitty thing to deal with. But in terms of the recovery rate, put it this way. If we knew each other when I was in that first relationship and we and I broke up with that girl yesterday, I would have cancelled today. And I probably would have cancelled the podcast permanently. Hmm. And I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but like now I can make a joke of it. Is it because you invest less now? 
like the first time you love you love so freely i i don't think it's because i invest less i just think it's because i don't know i expect failure i expect people to leave me i expect people to hurt me yeah so you have more barriers up than yeah but i i don't invest less i just don't invest as much (laughs) no I, i i invest like like, I, I, you know, I, I listen, I'm very honest, I'm very affectionate, I, got, I, I like to give gifts, I like to show affection, I like to give time, um, I like to pay compliments. It's like, that form of investment is fine. In terms of taking down my barriers and being confident and believing that a person loves me, yeah, I don't invest that way anymore. Hmm. So, I, I don't believe that people, when people, someone says, oh, you're attractive, you're handsome, I like you, it's like, no, nah, I don't believe you. It's like, I, I don't... You're like, yuck. Oh, like, almost. It is like a yuck feeling when they say it to me. It's like... Because I get in the mind of like, what are you trying to sell me here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, whereas if they're like, you're an ugly cunt. You're like... Yeah. I'm about to come. Yeah, I'm about... <laughs> Literally. <laughs> There's this fuck buddy I have. And... We have the running joke where it's like... She calls me an idiot or something or like says, fuck you or something like that. Like, particularly when she says it's like, you're a fucking idiot, which she says a lot. And in fairness to her, I give her a lot of reasons to say that both accidentally and on purpose. And every time she says it, I'm just like, I love it when you give me cute pet names. So like, yeah, in in some ways it's... uh, it's like, it's that kind of fucking way, wouldn't you think? Yeah, you have more ups than you have downs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's another interesting thing when we bring up sexual psychology. Because I remember someone recently, a little while ago, was making a joke about how, like... It's like young women like just want to like pornography as you ruined young women. And it's like they just want to be choked and slapped and manhandled and fucked hard. It's like there's nothing tender about it anymore. And then I just think to myself, it's like, well, what I want to happen to me is way worse. Um, It's like. So it's like what has happened to me? You know, it's like what has happened to the young men? The fact that they want to get pissed on and fucking whipped and you know and and also do that other shit to people you know Mm. so like i was talking to like uh uh, like i went out with a gay friend recently and they bumped into one of the gay friends and they just start talking about the shit that they like to get up to in regards to like a lot of strange things and a chick comes over it was a lovely girl, but she starts talking about it too. And like, I'm not going to go into detail, but it's all like intricate ropes and angles and positions and things like that. That sounds like a lot of work. Well, I'm just like thinking to myself, it's like, have you guys ever enjoy, have you guys ever tried regular sex? Have you guys ever tried to just have regular sex? Because I, I truly think that like in about another 50 years time, like, like some girl is going to get hugged by her boyfriend and she thinks she's going to like discover a new kink, you know? Mm. It's like she's going to be hugged and she's going to be like, oh, this feels nice. 
I bet no one's done this before. Yeah, what, hap- what happened to missionary? Yeah. There's a guy on top and I'm on bottom. <laughs> oh, missionary is still my favorite position. Because missionary is adaptable. You know what I mean? It's like because you can move the legs around. You can hot, you can you can spread them wide. You can hitch them up high. You can like put them on your shoulders. You can put them back over the person. It's like there's a lot of things you can do with a missionary position. You know what I mean? What is a missionary? Is that like a religious? Yeah, a, mi- a missionary is someone rides like a donkey. Yeah, that's the missionary. Um, and yes, that's that's the missionary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, but also yeah. Yes, but also yes. Uh, <laughs> you have more ups than downs. <laughs> um, but a missionary works at a mission. Um, which is like a, a missions were originally, uh, basically places that would be in like colonial areas, mainly Spain, like Spain and Portugal, but also Great Britain and France. Um, and they would go to like, they would set up missions in these remote parts of the world, like, like South America and Africa and things like that. And basically, it would be a way to priests would go ahead and teach people like the natives about Jesus and the gospel and the Bible before like the rest of the colonizers would rock up Mm. because they thought it would be like, well, if we can get these people to believe in Jesus, then we can get them on our side and like then we can make them citizens and then. We don't have to enslave them, rape them, and kill all of them because... But we still will. But we still will, yeah. <laughs> now we don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and Now we can let you know that it's like, hey, we're doing this because we want to do it, you know? It's like, yeah. we're not doing this because we need to do it. Like, we want to do this thing. So, yeah, that was pretty much what missions were for, converting people to Christianity. And rape. Well, it wasn't... I don't know if... I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, 29. Let's fuck it. All right. Well, thanks for listening to me chew for an hour. Yeah. And me ramble on for an hour. I'm going to next episode. I'm just going to sit in silence and I'm going to let you lead the conversation. I'm going to see how far we get. We get nothing. We'll get something. <laughs> um, don't forget, guys. Sunday slouches every Sunday at 730 um i've been there every week so if you want to see yeah martin's our feature regular um and and guys if you want to perform it's like it it, we we literally take on any anyone uh you can't come down on the night and say you want to perform but like if you reach out to either david morgan brown robbie brooks or myself we will set you up with a spot um and our only policy for comedians is to try out new material it's like, that's literally all we want from everyone. Um, we just want new material uh, every week. Um, and yeah, It's uh, such a good room to try new. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it is Sunday slouches every Sunday at 7.30. And uh, I think in June or July, we're going to do our first 10-minute feature acts. So like we're going to do a Sunday where um, we're going to reduce the number of acts, but everyone's going to get 10 minutes. Would yeah. you like to be on that lineup, Martin? Yeah, I'll be there. You'll perform? Yeah, why not? Why? 
<laughs> 10 minutes is a long time, though. Like, if you're bombing, 10 minutes is a long time. Well, I'm not going to make them stay on there for 10 minutes. I'm well, not going to hold them up to 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm going to let them stay up there until 10 minutes. I'm going to give them the option for it. If they want to do seven or if they want to do eight, like then they can come off. I'm going to perform there and I'm going to try and do 10. I feel like I have enough material now that I can do 10. It's just being able to remember it all on stage. Because that's a trick, isn't it? It's like, it's not the, it's not actually coming up with the material that's difficult. It's all making it work within a time slot. Yeah, because keeping people uh, engaged for five minutes and then keeping people engaged for 10 minutes is a completely different beast, it feels like. Because you've got to keep them with you. Yeah. Do you think the energy needs to be different? Um, don't know. Right. Okay. I just know that it's hard. It's hard? Yeah, 10-minute spots are hard. I heard, though, that a lot of people say that going from 10 minutes to 15 minutes is easier. Then going from five to ten. Like everything, probably yeah. everything after ten minutes is easier than going to ten minutes. Yeah, I'd say. Well, the the hardest hurdle is probably going from nothing to your first ever five. Right. Well, You're- that was tough. To like, I felt so nervous, and I, like the days up leading up to it, I was like fucked. Yeah. Oh man, I remember when I did my first. I think a friend of mine still has footage of it. But I did a comedy set and I like my I got off stage my first time and I did okay my first time, um, all things considered. Like I'd probably like look at it now and think, oh my God, that is so shit. But uh, now I look at it and I think, you know, that's, it, it was okay for the time. But yeah, there's a video of me visibly shaking on stage, like oh, wow. shaking like I've got fucking Parkinson's, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, that's why you attract the cougars. Like <laughs> no, that's, that's you. I don't have Parkinson's. No, but you have, you attract cougars. Yeah, because I could be any age. No, you look young. You look younger than you are. But I could be any age. Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> All right, let's end it there. So Sunday slouches. <laughs> Guys, this is Profeshi Anal Degenerates. And I think I'm going to call this episode, Alex has a breakup. Yeah, well, there's more ups than downs. More ups than downs.